This episode is brought to you by First Cup Coffee Company. If you're looking for a Christian-owned Patriot Coffee Company that also happens to serve a mean cup of joe, check out First Cup Coffee Company. There's a flavor for every freedom-loving American. Ships within days of being roasted, and First Cup places the roast date on each and every bag. Go to firstcup.com, use the code STEW, and get an additional 10% off your order. And if you subscribe, you'll get an additional 10% off for the life of your subscription. It's firstcup.com, firstcup.com. The promo code is STEW. STEW does America. It's our last show of the year, although on our YouTube channel, we will have 24 hours of a Christmas twist, a 24-hour consecutive stream of the movie, The Christmas Twist, the greatest Christmas movie of all time. That'll be on Christmas Day. Head to YouTube.com slash America. Subscribe. Hit the bell for reminders. We're even going to have a special giveaway from the movie that I think you're going to love. Uh, so check it out, youtube.com slash America. If you like the YouTube channel, why not take the next step? Or subscribe to Blaze TV. Be a Blaze TV subscriber. You get all sorts of great conservative content. BlazeTV.com slash Stu. The promo code is Stu. You'll save 20 bucks. Dan Andros joins me to mock the latest LeBron James idiocy. Chris Cuomo experiences a, an interview to remember. I will, I will say, but we start by doing Christmas with the Bidens. It's that time of year. Yes, they are here for you. And, you know, you think about the holidays, you think about the Bidens, of course. We all have such warm memories of them curling, curling up, you know, next to the fire, watching them, you know, make some, you know, Senate speech in 1914 or whatever he started in the Senate. It's been a long road with all of the Bidens. And Jill has been a big part of it. First Lady Jill Biden blasted over bizarre White House Christmas video, the United States of Bananas. Now, let me look, that makes it sound bad. But let me instead show you the video so you can make up your own mind. Is this just absolutely irritating or is it beautiful art? Watch. dancing down the halls in the White House. You got some candy cane on the wall, the decorations, people going by doing their fancy thing. Look at that. Fancy dancing. Oh, lots of fancy dancing. Fancy hats and fancy dancing, my favorite things. Oh, yes. Big smile. She's amazed by the fact that there's a camera nearby or something. And this guy's kind of dancing and they're all having a lot of fun inside the White House. Doing some amazing things for the holidays. And uh, look at that. Oh, wow. We were behind the couch. Now you're in front of the couch. This guy's still dancing, doing his little toy soldier thing. That's lots of fun. And uh, lots of sparkles on her. Look at that. More tap dancing. Uh, of course, the tap's created by shoes hitting the floor repeatedly. Uh, everyone loves that, you know? Everyone loves the sound of a good shoe hitting a, a good floor. Look at that hat. That's a big hat. Big fancy hat. And if that doesn't get you in the mood for Christmas, I don't know what it is. There's a candy cane. That's Christmassy. More dancing going on. Music. Something else. And then here you go. It's uh, Then they put a thing up, uh, a little text that just said, Merry Christmas uh, from, I don't know, the White House. No, they didn't say Merry Christmas. Of course not. They wouldn't say that. It probably said like Happy Holidays or something. So there you go. Um, hmm. Do you like that? A lot of people didn't. A lot of people kind of bashed it. Um, now, part of this is this: the people who were responsible for it is the Dorrance Dance Group, uh, the dance troupe uh, 
from, from Dorrance Dance. Um, now, a lot of people pointed out that their website is filled with all of the same types of Ibram X. Kendi type themes that we, we see so much on the left right now. Educate yourself, it says, on their dance website. <laughs> For those who are investigating or have questions about white privilege, systemic racism, white fragility and anti-racism for the very first time they have anti-racism for beginners.com which maybe you know write this down for the new year maybe we should go through that website and see like what's there maybe there's lots of really good lessons but you notice white fragility uh, anti-racism these are book titles by these left-wing people who come out and do all this all the time take action for justice and change says the dance troupe of course register to vote because as always with the circle circle of grift it always comes back to voting for democrats in the end and they show you how to sign up for Black Lives Matter and uh, racial justice. Then you've got uh, all sorts of stuff going on there. So, again, like, what do you expect, though? You're not going to get a conservative group who's there uh, with the Bidens. You expect them to be on the left side of things. Uh, Dave Marcus, who I love, he's, he's a great guy. He's been on the show before. I go on with him uh, on Megyn Kelly's show uh, every once in a while. Uh, great guy. And I like him on Twitter, you know, because he just asks questions that are like, you know, honest and sometimes he doesn't care about being the only person on the right who's asking the question. And I thought he asked a good one and that deserved a little bit of an answer. I wanted to put some thought into it. He said, can anybody explain to me what exactly is bad or offensive about Jill Biden's Christmas video? It's weird to mock people who are wishing you a happy holiday. And, you know, I mean, I can, we can get a tad cynical on the right occasionally. Like we're, we're used to getting beat over the head over and over and over again. Are we a little cynical? I mean, like, you know, this is a nice Christmas presentation. People go to go see the Rockettes and that's a bunch of, uh, you know, uh, performance and dancing. Um, you know, we don't we, we don't mind that. We like a lot of the Christmas traditions. Shouldn't we like this? And like, look, uh, to just. Try to answer Dave's question honestly, what's offensive or bad? I have my own personal answers to that question. Number one would be, I just don't like Broadway stuff. I don't have any interest in it. I don't like, I don't like dancing. I don't like tap dancing. I don't, I'm not interested in it. Like, there's no version of that that I would think was good. So right off the bat, like, I'm just down the road uh, of just not appreciating that particular form of art. And it is a form of art. And it's an American form of art. I mean, tap is really Americana. But Still, it's just not my thing. So that's number one. But number two, and probably more importantly, is I just don't want the resources of the government going to do that stuff. And that will go from the left or to the right. Any, it doesn't matter what president was doing it. Just not my thing. I, I get why people like pomp and circumstance a little bit with their government. I hate it. I don't want any pomp. I don't want any pomp. I don't want any circumstance. I want 85% less pomp, 65% less circumstance. That's just me. It's just what I like out of it. But that's that was my answer to his uh, his honest question. And I think that there is a uh, a bit of overreaction that can happen with these things. But like, I just wish the government they've got a lot of stuff they should be doing to me. Eh. You know what? Just skip all the dancing and just put up the text. Happy holidays. OK, that's enough. Happy holidays from the White House. More than enough, frankly. Um, now, of course, they gave us that present of the fancy dance, and Republicans responded with a present of their own. The House has voted to, voted to formalize impeachment inquiry into President Joe Biden with a floor vote. Now, this is something that was important to do because they kind of already had started the inquiry, but 
honestly, they started it in a way that I didn't love so much, which was sort of an informal way. They didn't have the votes to get the uh, impeachment inquiry across the line. So they kind of started how Nancy Pelosi started the last one, which was kind of roll into it. It's like, don't come to a full stop before the stop sign. Just roll right through it. I think we should come to a full stop. These things should be formal processes. It's important that they're formal. It's important that they're formalized. And I'm happy that the Republicans did formalize this. We knew they were going through these investigations anyway. So it's important that they do this and so that they can make sure that at least one of the two parties is trying to keep us to our standards and our process. Uh, Biden, of course, not happy. He blasted the baseless House GOP impeachment stunt. And look, Maybe there was an argument about this years and years and years ago. Maybe there would be a complaint that this was too earlier. Enough evidence hasn't been revealed, as we'll, we'll get to here in a second, which is, you know, of course, as we've pointed out many times, kind of nonsense at this point. Um, but uh, really, after the last two impeachments, I mean, you try to impeach one president without even, like, looking through any of the material. We didn't even get any of the text messages or anything. It was just like, ah, remember that day? Let's impeach this guy in the next week. Like, that's just, like, insane to me. And, um, you know, they don't get the right to say that this is, uh, that impeachment's being used too wildly after what we saw during Trump's term. Uh, Hunter has uh, defied a GOP congressional subpoena. He just got into more trouble, says Representative Comer. Uh, Biden did. uh, Like, this is fascinating, because Hunter... He doesn't want to testify. I mean, look, of course he wants to avoid trouble. Everybody, this is natural. It's not just Hunter Biden. Anyone who gets in trouble like this wants to try to do everything they can to avoid it. Hunter, of course, is trying to make a big spectacle of the situation. I mean, he is totally uh, Kendall Roy from Succession. That's just who he is. He's always making a new spectacle of what's going on. I mean, they are, if it was not based on Hunter Biden, I can't even believe it. Um, But you have this situation where, uh, you know, Hunter is called in front of Congress. You're supposed to go, right? When they call you, you're supposed to go and testify. They asked him to come. And this is typical. They usually invite people in for a behind-the-scenes sort of um, uh, deposition first. And then after, after time, if there's something interesting that they're saying, they'll come and add to it publicly. Well, of course, Hunter wanted to skip that. He, was, uh, he wanted to make a big spectacle out of it. Here, is, here he is uh, talking about uh, this, uh, the whole idea that Joe Biden might be uh, involved in his uh, business issues. In a little press conference, he called when he showed up to, pu- to testify publicly, even though he wasn't invited to testify publicly. He was invited to to testify privately. He didn't show up for that. Here is uh, Hunter Biden. Let me state as clearly as I can. Hmm. My father was not financially involved in my business. Oh, wait. Not as a practicing lawyer. No. Not as a board member of Burisma. No. Not in my partnership with a Chinese private businessman. Hmm. Not in my investments at home nor abroad. Nor abroad. And certainly not as an artist. No. You don't think so? I don't know. He seems like he's got a lot of talent when in the world of art comes to calling. Um, so you notice the remix here, right? Like we go back and you think, okay, well, wait a minute. Wasn't he saying he never met with the business people? And then he said he never uh, conducted any business with them. And he never said he sent any emails uh, to any of the business associates. He said all sorts of different things. Now we're all the way down to he was never financially involved in any of his businesses. So now, like, like, was anyone accusing him of being an investor or a stockholder? Like, I don't remember ever hearing that. People are saying he's receiving money. So maybe they're trying to find some way to avoid saying that while still saying it. But you go back to the beginning of this. Where did this start? And it's important to remember where this started. The beginning of this was not only did Joe Biden have nothing to do with Hunter's business. It was that Hunter's business was fine. 
Do you remember this? This is this is where this all started. Biden says, quote, my son has done nothing wrong. And the most amazing part about the uh, the headline you just looked at is in the little fine print below that. My son has done nothing wrong. May 7th. 2023, 2023, and he's still saying not only was Joe not involved, but Hunter had done nothing wrong. This is where we've all seen way too much of the anatomy of Hunter Biden as he's smoking God knows what in front of nine escorts. We've all seen him commit crime after crime after crime on video. My son has done nothing wrong was the position of them in May of this freaking year. They've moved that fast from May in this year was my son has done nothing wrong to now to the point where like you watch the Democrats try to defend this now. And what they're saying is, well, of course, Hunter Biden was a dirtbag and he did all sorts of stuff. But Joe wasn't involved. That They've fallen back to that. Now it's Joe's just not financially involved. We don't know what else. Is, what's the next step in this remix process? But that was in May of this year. And, and I will pause here for a very rare moment on this program to compliment the job that Republicans in Congress have done. They failed on many, many counts, and we can all be very critical of what they have done wrong. But this goes back to McCarthy, and Johnson, I think, is, in, is, in, is uh, furthering this effort. They have moved people on this. They have actually been able to look into this, find more evidence on this investigation. We told you back in you know, 2022, look, if the Republicans win the House, there's very little they're going to be able to do except for two things. Number one, they are going to be able to stop the worst impulses of the Biden administration on new bills and such. And that's been important. They've generally done that. Number two, they can do investigations. They have investigatory power now and they can actually find out what's going on. Is there a reason to impeach Joe Biden? There's a lot of smoke. Do we have the fire? Is there real proof of Joe Biden being involved in many of these things? Well, as we know, the, the main, mainstream media has gone and moved and moved and moved on this one as well. They started with there's absolutely no evidence whatsoever on Hunter Biden. Then it went to there's no evidence on Joe Biden. Now they're to the point I heard this morning, um, while there's no evidence uh, to, to convict Joe Biden at this time, uh, they have the, the the Republicans have uncovered inconsistencies, misleading statements and outright contradictions as to how Joe Biden has talked about his relationship. We now know Joe Biden went to dinners, multiple dinners, up to 20 dinners. He was either on the phone or in person for for business meetings with Hunter Biden. We have text after text after text, some of them with threats from Hunter saying Joe Biden will hold you responsible if this money does not come. We, you know, again, the left is trying to disprove those. We'll see if they can do that as we go through this process. Doesn't seem like they're able to. We have bank records. We have a check going from China to eventually getting to the Biden companies to distributed part of that distributed to Jim Biden, Joe's brother, and then a check written for the exact same amount two days later from Jim Biden to Joe Biden with the uh, memo loan repayment. Yet there's no proof at all of any loan ever being made for that amount. We have more evidence than you could ever imagine, more than I thought we would get at the beginning. Yet the Biden spokespeople are still blabbing and blabbing and blabbing, saying the exact same things they were saying a year ago. Watch. In the statement that Hunter Biden made, uh, Yesterday, he said, let me say it as clearly as I can. My father was not financially involved in my business. He was unequivocal about that. 
But that is an evolution of where the president had been during the campaign, where the White House had been at the start of the administration. Not involved financially in the business is very different than never talked about the business, not been involved in the business at all. Was that an intentional point of clarity, do you think? I actually dispute the whole premise of that question. It's, Why? It's one of Jim Jordan's favorite little shiny objects is to try to take a semantic thing and make an argument <laughs> that, is, that is somehow far afield from what they're actually focused on. We've been extremely clear no, over yeah. and over again for years, You're and lying. nothing has changed. The president was not in business with his son, period. They're trying to make up all sorts of allegations Ian, and make with, up lies. With respect, I'm not citing Jim Jordan here. I was in on. some of the White House yes, press right. briefings where it was said explicitly the president did not talk to his son about business dealing. That, that is very clearly not the case, and I think the statement from the White House has changed uh, and I think been a little bit more precise over the course of the last several months. It's what the president said on the campaign trail as well. I'm not saying this is like an impeachable offense or uh, some grand uh, indictment, but it is a fact that the president said one thing that ended up being not true. Again, I dispute that that's, that that's true. I, that is not true. The truth is that he wasn't in business with his son. The Republicans have been for years trying to make arguments. Again, I'm not saying that he was in business with his son. And over and over again, those have been refuted. I mean, do you believe this? Uh, first of all, a good job by CNN actually holding them to account a little bit here. Um, but uh, come on, completely ridiculous. Um, look, y y this is something that they've been saying forever. There's no evidence. There's no evidence. There's no evidence. We went over the evidence. There's tons of evidence. We've been going over it for multiple uh, years at this point. And things like I never spoke to my son about business and I had 20 meetings with my business partners, uh, the business partners of my son. There's no way to spin that. It's just denial and lying to you. These people are just lying to you over and over and over again. And of course, the media, like, look, they get evidence of, uh, they need evidence for Joe Biden. It needs to be really proven beyond the shadow of a doubt for anyone to take anything seriously. And yet with Donald Trump, of course, they didn't need that evidence. And with Hunter Biden, uh, well, him avoiding a, uh, a subpoena is no big deal. Uh, but everybody else that avoids a subpoena is usually a problem. Uh, you know, uh, our friend Drew Holden came up with some of these examples. Steve B Bannon defied a congressional subpoena. Find out his punishment. When Hunter does it, I have made mistakes in my life. Hunter Biden speaks on Capitol Hill. Hmm. New York Times, the Republican-held House is on track to improve a formal impeachment inquiry to President Biden on Wednesday, pushing forward an investigation that has failed to produce evidence of anything approaching high crimes or misdemeanors. It's a news source. Speaker Nancy Pelosi announces a formal impeachment inquiry against President Trump. No one is above the law. Like, there's no questioning of them. There's no, there's none of that. It's just when Trump is involved, of course, there doesn't need to be evidence. That's, that's the rule of the game. We're going to continue to follow this game very closely with you and uh, make sure that, you know, these people are held to account. I mean, look, this stuff wasn't going to happen. The Hunter Biden stuff wasn't going to come to light unless you guys followed it, unless you guys cared. BlazeTV.com slash Stu. The promo code is Stu. I encourage you to subscribe and support this kind of journalism because we'll get to the bottom of this and we'll make sure people do know that it's out there. This holiday season, don't just treat yourself to a one-time gift. Give yourself a gift that keeps on giving all year round. And maybe, if you really want to, you can give it to somebody else as well. It's a box of awesome from Bespoke Post. Uh, I get the box right back here. Here we go. Um, now, look, there's all sorts of cool stuff in here. This one's kind of like from the outdoorsy camping sort of alignment. You've got a, a kind of a badass knife got there. 
They've got, uh, you know, kind of the, one of these little hooks you put up there. I don't know if, if there's bears chasing you. You just put your foot up there. This is the thing I love. First of all, a couple things. This one I'm bringing to every Little League game. I, I'm not particularly outdoorsy myself. This is like a cushion, an inflatable cushion you put on the, uh, the, uh, the, the metal bench at every Little League game, and it cushions your tush a little bit. Okay, that's important. And I will say this, this is the most useful thing of all time, reusable zip ties. I didn't know this existed until boxofawesome.com. Go to boxofawesome.com, take the quiz. Your answers will be, uh, will help kind of like navigate you to the right box for you or the person you're buying for. And they release new boxes every month across a ton of different categories. You're gonna find something you really like. Each box is valued at around 70 bucks, but you only pay a fraction of that price. It's free to sign up. You can skip a month or cancel any time. They make it very easy and you can get 20% off your first monthly box when you sign up at boxofawesome.com. Enter the code STU at checkout, boxofawesome.com. The code is STU for 20% off your first box right now at boxofawesome.com, code STU. I'm joined now by Dan Andros. He's a managing editor at CBN News and host of CBN's Quick Start podcast, which you can subscribe to wherever you get your podcasts, and you should do that for the end of the year. Just get it done. Dan, thanks so much for coming on the program. All right, thanks for having me. I want to start with LeBron James uh, today. Uh, Le LeBron, who's, uh, and you know, like we're, he's one of our favorites. I, every time we talk about it, it's always in a positive light. Um, we both can't stand LeBron James. So this is separate from what's going. we're going to talk to you about, though. Um, because he, I guess, walked into a game where his son was playing and uh, just walked in during the national anthem. Uh, this is what it looked like. Watch. Everyone's standing, everyone's saying, yeah. Have a nice seat. Make yourself comfortable. Now, look, I don't know. Uh, is this a big deal? Are people overreacting at LeBron James, Dan? I mean, I guess it was only a few seconds. You know, he doesn't seem to really care about the national anthem, though. Look. If the guy wasn't out there bashing police whenever he gets the opportunity and saying how awful and racist America is, maybe it wouldn't be a big deal. And you'd say, look, he's just trying to get into a seat and he's late. But I no, no. Like you're LeBron James. You know, cameras are on there everywhere you go. You're at a public event. You have to know. You, you just have to know the cameras are on you. And to me, it just shows it just, it doesn't care. Absolutely doesn't care. Yeah. I mean, right? I, part of me thinks, Dan, the reason why he does this stuff is because the cameras are on him. Like he wants people to know that he doesn't love America the way so many others do. And I mean, people like to make this stuff about race. But like, look at the crowd. There's plenty of African-Americans there who are looking at the flag all, and honoring right. the country. Uh, he just doesn't me, care about it. Let me add this, too. Uh, I recently, my sons are, you know, middle school age are starting basketball, right? So we had to go, it's starting up this year, we had to go buy shoes. And so I'm looking at all the shoes and now all the players have their own shoes now. And LeBron's shoe is, it's so offensive to me, it's got a big lion on there, right? Okay, fine, you think maybe a lion's not a big deal. But it's it's paired with the fact that he calls himself the king and everyone must witness to this king. Ugh. And then, of course, the, the lion in scripture, the lion of Judah, is talking about Christ. 
that's uh, like he puts these messianic images to his name. So if it's not disdain for America that made him sit down there, it's just his ego. He just thinks he, he just thinks the world revolves around him. And I, I honestly, I, it takes a lot to offend me, but his shoe with all this messianic imagery really had me irritated. Yeah, he's, you know, no one believes LeBron James is the best player in the world outside of LeBron James. And he really does seem to believe it. He thinks he's the best player ever. He might think he's the best person ever. Um, and a lot of this, though, aligns with, you know, that he is a real victim complex all the time. He's constantly talking about how everyone's against him and how he's a victim. Again, he... Does he live the best life in the in the entire world? I mean, it's certainly one of it's a top one tenth of one percent of the best lives in the world. But I mean, I was going back through some of his stuff and as we were reading up for this and so, he says so many things. And, and I don't know. I, look, he's not a, a particularly smart individual, in my opinion. But like, listen to some of these situations, some of these comments uh, uh, about the country in particular. He says um, <laughs> Brittany Griner, when she's over there potentially getting tortured in Russia, right? He says, now, how can she feel like America has her back? I would be feeling like, do I even want to go back to America? Because of the, I guess, the coddling she was getting from Vladimir Putin at the time. Right. Two years earlier, James claimed that the U.S. was racist and oppressive. He says, it's just heartbreaking. You guys don't understand. Unless you're a person of color, you guys don't understand. I understand you might feel for us, but you will never understand what it is to be truly black in America. And then he went on to say, um, BLM was a, was a walk of life. When you wake up and you're black, this is what it is. It shouldn't be a movement. It should be a lifestyle. I don't like the word movement, unfortunately, because in America, in our society, there ain't been no damn movement for us. There's been no progress at all. I mean, one I, of the people still, let me, let me ask you a question. I mean, this makes me want to ask you a question. Would you, generally speaking, trade with LeBron James, I like mean, situations? If you could take your like, family members and pop them into that same right. situation, a hundred percent. And you know who else would? Everyone else on earth. Everyone in America. Mm -hmm. Yes. I'd take the hundred million dollar castles and I'd love to be able to uh, be six foot nine or whatever he is and massive. And, and, and I'd be love able to, to play. Yeah, I, I, and I'd love to also be able to just run into people whenever I want and not get offensive right. fouls charged against me. I was going to say, Stu, I would, I would submit to you today, Stu, that you and me, if you just gave us, God just gave us LeBron's body, we would be better basketball players. <laughs> guaranteed. <laughs> I because we know how to play without just plowing through people. <laughs> anyway, I'm just saying. I mean, it's just amazing, though. Like, the, the idea that this country is so bad and it's never given, I mean, look at what has this country has provided LeBron James. It's provided him with every hope and dream that anyone has ever had. The guy can, like, produce movies. He can, he, he can uh, play the sport that he loves. He gets paid 30, 40, 50 million dollars a year plus endorsements. Worse, he's got shoes that, that a, he made a company make that basically treats him like he's the messiah. Yeah. And all he what sees is himself. What else can you ask? Yeah. All, all he sees is himself as a victim. It's, it's, it's fascinating. Now, well, I want to go on to something else here, which is somewhat related, I guess. Uh, there's a movie out called uh, Leave the World Behind. I'm in the middle of watching it here. We're going to talk about it on the radio show tomorrow. And the movie's not about this scene, but there's a scene in the movie where um, it's t they talk about you just can never trust white people. Um, and this is being made a big deal up because Barack Obama and Michelle Obama are producers uh, of this movie. And it's, it's fascinating. I was thinking about this. 
Someone from, I don't remember what, you know, liberal rag wrote it up, but basically said, like, Fox News was bringing up this story, and they were saying, you know, 10 or 12 years after Glenn Beck called the president of the United States, Barack Obama, a racist, Fox News is still doing this. And it's like, wait, you're bringing this up in your defense? Like, this is a scene of a movie where it's basically outwardly anti-white. Yeah, demonizing white people. Right, and, and look, there's, it seems like there's racism on both sides in this movie, honestly. Um, but, like, uh, it's, it's a fascinating thing here to show. Like, this is a, I mean, you were, in, you were there for that, for that moment with Glenn on Fox yeah. News. And you kind of see where, how this develops. It's amazing that they're still taking a victory lap over that one. Right, it doesn't make a lot of sense. I mean, Stu, we were, as you said, we were in the middle of that, and we were researching all that stuff at the time. Because remember, Barack Obama... Like everyone knows progressivism now. Everyone knows about all the uh, oppression Olympics and how the, the 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 progressive left views everything as a you know oppressor versus oppressed, and that's how they view things. That's where this critical theory is coming from. But before Glenn came onto the scene and had us looking up all this stuff, Stu, you know, we're reading into people like David Cohn or uh, not not David Cohn. That's the picture. I always do this. Uh, Professor James Cohn. Yes. Right, and he was the one that influenced Jeremiah Wright. And then Jeremiah Wright was Barack Obama's pastor. And they were pushing that black liberation theology is this basically the same idea that there is these oppressors. And who is the bad guy? It's the white guy. So when Glenn made that comment, he's reading through all of these ideologies that heavily influence Barack Obama. And they're all by any objection standard racist. If you said that about any other group, it would be patently racist and so what we're seeing now, Stu, and see if you, I'm interested to get your take on this. I just think we're seeing like the Ibram Kendis of the world. These are like the disciples of that moment in time mm. where all this prominence came because of Barack Obama to people like James Cone and their ideologies. You're seeing the fruits of that ideology and it's poisoning people's minds like LeBron James, who, I mean, what an what an indictment on this ideology that. You get somebody like LeBron James, like you said, Stu, who has every possible advantage and and blessing you could possibly get in America, and he still views himself as a victim. That's how poisonous this ideology is. It really is, and it's not. It's this is what's so key about this. It's got really nothing to do with race. I mean, it, it, you can find. Uh, white actresses who will find you know, if it's a woman, she'll say it's because she's a woman, yeah. she's a victim. If it's they're, if they're gay, it's because they're yeah. gay. There's always some find your little intersection in the world of intersectionality and then say that's why you've been oppressed. And the, the fundamental basis of all these philosophies is the same. It's that oppressor uh, victim sort of um, uh, analysis of every situation. And once you set people into these modes, you're doing something that collectivists always do, which was is look at people as members of groups rather than individuals. And LeBron is doing this. Like, he's a member of this group that is oppressed. So the fact that he makes millions and millions of dollars, it doesn't matter. Doesn't so what? Matter. He's yeah. just a member of this group that's oppressed. Therefore, he's oppressed. And then they look for anything negative that happened to them at all and then just attribute it. You just put it in this bucket. That's why it's poisonous, because now your lens just sees everything. Any negative thing, you attach the boogeyman to it. You're, oh, Oh, something bad happened to you? White people. And it's it's awfully convenient for activists and politicians to mobilize and move people, which ultimately, as we learned, Stu, having when you know, Glenn had us running down all these trails of these 1960s activists that are have been in the universities now for decades. And 
this is how they push leftist ideologies. You've got the, the circle of grift that you talk about on your show. And that's all it is. What is the solution every time? It always comes back to, well, just vote for a Democrat. <laughs> like, at what point do you wake up to this, that this is just a political hack scheme, Ponzi scheme? Mm. No, it's, 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 it really is. Um, I want to go to one more thing with LeBron James before we go, which is, you know, all the stuff we've been talking about is not the reason I dislike LeBron James. Uh, honestly, like he, uh, I expect dumb philosophy out of athletes. <laughs> like I, it's like, I, don't, right. I, I just don't care. Area, right? I don't care. Yeah. Right. Exactly. I don't care. They can say whatever they want. They can believe whatever they want. Um, but what, the reason why is because it, it's this, I don't know, what, what, whatever has changed with athletes today. And, and this goes back to his team now, the Lakers, who have decided to, f to hang a banner in the storied arena where they've won a zillion championships. they got championship banner after championship banner up there. And they're going to a, hang a banner for the vict their victory in the first ever in-season, meaningless, nothing tournament that they just invented to get people to watch basketball in November and December. They're going to hang a banner for this joke. I, I, I just, I can't believe this is happening. I can believe it's happening, Stu, and I'll tell you why. Because <laughs> it's LeBron James. Like, another team would have just celebrated, like, normal, like, hey, like, we just made half a million dollars. Like, even for a rich guy, like, it'd be fun to get a half a so million dollars. Cash. And, like, the lower, the lower guys on the team, you'd be happy for them. So you would expect some level of celebration. But LeBron is seizing this moment because of that ego that he has to go, you know what? I'm going all in on this thing. I'm going to make it look like the biggest deal in the world. And uh, and so I just think this is that's his ego at play. Just like I'm going to just own this and make it look like we care so much about this thing. He doesn't care about the five hundred thousand. I guarantee you he doesn't care about the five hundred thousand that, you know, Austin Reeves or whoever else on the team doesn't make that much money uh, relatively is getting. He doesn't care about it. He just views things, you know, for his own legacy's sake. And it's insufferable. It's yeah. insufferable. And Anth everyone pray for Anthony Davis. I don't know how this guy does it. He's clearly the best player on the team. And. LeBron gets all the credit. I actually saw an article, Stu, after they won the in-season tournament that credited because LeBron James won the MVP somehow. And it said LeBron James, uh, MVP of the in-season tournament by following Anthony Davis's lead. And, and the whole article is like, hey, he really encouraged Anthony Davis to play well. And it's like, uh, wait, he we won it for encouragement. I could we could win I, it for encouragement. I know I could have sat behind who knew, I could have won the in-season tournament MVP by just buying bench seats behind Anthony Davis <laughs> and just saying, Anthony, go get him, buddy. You got it. You go. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, gosh, it's just infuriating. All right, Dan Andrus, we got to go. Managing editor. All right. CBN News. Be sure to check him out on CBN. That's too much Quickstart. LeBron talks, dude. No. Let's. Next time, let's no, no LeBron. No LeBron. That's a promise. That's the Christmas <laughs> present to you, uh, Dan. No LeBron next time. Thanks so much for coming on the All program. Right. We appreciate it, man. <laughs> All right. You know, I'm really a, a radio guy. You might say, I've watched your television show. I can tell you're a radio guy, and I appreciate that compliment. But, uh, you know, I, in radio, it's one of those things that you, you – Getting into the industry just means you're moving around constantly. Usually it's because you're getting fired constantly. And you're moving from city to city to city and, and hoping they don't know how bad your previous show was. That's the way you do it in radio. And you got to find a new real estate agent all the time. This happened to our own Glenn Beck, who got fired more times than I can tell you about. I mean, over and over and over again. The man got fired and hired in new cities, and he was always moving around. And, uh, you know, he got to the point where I'm like, I don't, I'm doing this all the time. 
why don't I have the best real estate agent around to do this? It's really important. It's his entire financial future. Well, he decided to start a company called realestateagentsitrust.com. It's a free service to you. Just go there, go to realestateagentsitrust.com. They'll walk you through the entire process, get you in contact with the best agent in your area or the area you're thinking about moving to. Uh, it's really important on both sides of the transaction that you have representation. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. Check it out now, realestateagentsitrust.com. New poll out from Monmouth today. A couple things it shows. Number one, Biden's still very generally pretty popular among Democrats, uh, easily obviously winning his primary uh, without really any opposition left anymore. Um, and uh, of course, kind of the same with uh, Trump. I mean, it really is amazing. I mean, Biden has about 80% of the vote in his primary. Trump has 63% in the Republican primary, and that's contested in theory. Um, uh, Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis are way back at 50 points behind, 63 to 13, according to this poll. One a little, if I want to just dig into this a little bit, and this, I've mentioned this before. There may just be no way. It doesn't matter if Nikki Haley or Ron DeSantis run the best campaign ever. It may just be no way for a Republican to unseat Donald Trump in this particular primary. And there's some underlying polling that I think points to that. Basically, they broke it up into uh, two different groups. Do you believe the election was stolen in 2020? Do you not believe the election was stolen in 2020? Well, uh, that, that breaks down. About two thirds of Republican voters think the election was stolen about one third thinks it was not, okay? So regardless of what you think about that particular number, just fundamentally, if that's true, how does Trump lose? I mean, the people who think it was stolen from him obviously have some affinity for him and think, hey, the, 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 what happened in 2020 was wrong, he deserves another shot, and that does show up in the polling. 81% of those who believe the election was stolen are supporting Donald Trump. And if you believe the election was not stolen, Donald Trump's support is only 25%. That's the real line. And, and to be clear about this, over time, Republicans have not really fought that battle. They haven't, uh, no, no Republican candidates have come out really and said, um, you know, let's accept, you know, Adam Kinzinger's of the world. No Republicans have really come out and said, wait a minute, this wasn't stolen, Trump just lost. And it put them in a position where basically it was impossible for any of them to knock him off. So we'll keep watching the uh, primaries as we go forward. By the way, when we come back, this is our last show of the year. When we come back on the other side of the year, it's like two weeks until Iowa. We are going to be right in the middle of it. So take some time over Christmas. Relax. Try not to think about politics for a couple of weeks because you're going to be thinking about it quite a lot after that. Everybody loves to sleep comfortably. And, you know, you're thinking about a present for someone you love, someone you got to buy a gift for. What are you going to buy? How about Miracle Made bedsheets? Miracle Made bedsheets are fantastic. They're inspired by NASA. They've got this silver infused bedsheet thing going on. And they are, that makes them thermoregulating, basically. They are designed to keep you at the perfect temperature all night long. They also prevent 99.7% of bacterial growth, leaving them clean and fresh three times longer than other sheets. So if you're lazy like me, you can leave them on there for a couple extra days. Miracle Made sheets are luxuriously comfortable. They're awesome. You're going to love them. And they don't have the high price tag of a lot of the other luxury brands. Miracle Made sheets are the perfect gift for your spouse, your friends, your family. Christmas is coming up. 
load up with Miracle Made sheets. People are going to love you for it, and they're going to remember you every time they lay down. Go to Miracle, uh, excuse me, trymiracle.com slash stew. Trymiracle.com slash stew. You get these sheets today, and you'll save 40%. Plus, if you use the promo code stew, which I would advise you to do, you're going to get three free towels and an additional 20% off. It's trymiracle.com slash stew for Miracle Made bed sheets. Trymiracle.com slash stew. The promo code is stew. Andrew Cuomo is awful.com. Uh, Chris Cuomo is worse.com. These are principles that we understand here on Stu Does America. But Chris Cuomo, eventually, after getting blown out at CNN, got another job over at News Nation. He's been doing this show, I guess, for a while now. And I, for some reason, he was criticizing Instagram influencers who have Tourette's. <laughs> Again, I don't watch the show, so I missed the setup of this, but apparently he was saying he thought they were all actors. Uh, anyway, he brought on one of the influencers, and I guess I had the, the, his tune change a little bit. What's fascinating about this is he decided not to, um, to censor this. Now, one thing you need to know about Chris Cuomo is he's always looking for attention. Of course, he's doing this so that people watch the interview. He's not bleeping it or anything else because he's trying to have that wow moment. I mean... I, He's just tiresome to me. Uh, but we did, did, we will bleep this for you. But I mean, it is fascinating to watch. Here he is talking to someone who has a pretty serious, seemingly a serious case of Tourette's and is swearing at him all the time. Watch. What do you want people to learn? Um, I want people to learn that um, Tourette's is, neuro, is a neurological involuntary motor and vocal disorder. Fuck off, fuck off, fuck off. Um, I don't tick. 24-7, and there's a lot of <laughs> little baby weenies, f*** off, f*** you, Chris. There's a lot of things that people don't understand, like <laughs> people think that cussing is in, is with everyone who has Tourette syndrome, but it's only in 10% of people with Tourette's. <laughs> and... How has it been as you've gotten more famous? Do you believe that people are understanding better or are they dopes like me who think you're acting? I say it's I say it's the same. <laughs> amazing. Uh, uh, amazing. Um, by the way, she did also say little baby wieners many, many times during the interview. Just want to make sure you were aware of that. Um, I, I will say, like, uh, Tourette's is serious and if it affects uh, you. Gosh, man, that's it's a really difficult thing to deal with. I do think there are a lot of people in the audience who are thinking they would love to do an interview with Chris Cuomo that they could just say F off in the middle of it. So there was something uh, a little bit uh, lethargic, uh, uh, cathartic, excuse me, uh, over that whole experience to watch. Uh, kind of fun. Uh, but, uh, you know, at the end of the day, also a really serious thing. Okay, back in a second. We are always highly prepared here at Stu Does America, and that's why we realized approximately one hour ago that it's the 10th anniversary of A Christmas Twist. After promoting this movie for multiple weeks and how we're going to be doing 24 hours of A Christmas Twist coming up on Christmas Day, today's the day, the last day before vacation, that we actually realize it's the 10th anniversary of The Christmas Twist. Yes, The Christmas Twist, the wonderful movie we made starring Pat Gray, my wife Lisa Page, Glenn Beck, myself, and Jeff Fisher, uh, a movie that revolves around a plumber just looking for love uh, and uh, a bunch of other people who have terrible things happen to them throughout the film. Um, this is the first time ever it will be in 4K, which in case you were looking to see Jeffy's boogers in 4K, you can see that happen in real time. We're going to be streaming it for real 
This is actually a thing. YouTube.com slash America. 24 straight hours. You can watch it over and over and over again on the holidays. Just check in from time to time. That's what I do with the Christmas story. You just check in from time to time on TBS or TNT or wherever that thing airs. Um, so check it out there. And uh, it's going to be our 10th anniversary. Now, we have a special thing going on. We have this plunger. It's a replica of the actual plunger used in... <laughs> A replica plunger in the Christmas twist. Uh, and it is signed by Pat Gray, uh, Jeff Fisher, myself, Lisa Page, and Glenn Beck. And we are going to give it away to the person in the comments of the YouTube stream who has the best haiku. Why? I have absolutely no idea. So write a haiku about the Christmas twist and you can win this plunger signed by us. Merry Christmas!